Tonight on the Goblin's Corner, Custom Magic Items Part 2. Dungeoneering Non-Essentials. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're doing Custom Magic Items Part 2. That's right. Dungeoneering Non-Essentials. Indeed. We did a custom magic items uh, a couple episodes ago, and we just did some ridiculous magic items that are fun. Sure. We also taught you how to make custom magic items in a previous episode as well, so go yeah. look both of those episodes up. And tonight, backed by popular demand, and because we didn't have anything better to talk about, we are going to talk about custom magic items, the dungeoneering and non-essentials, the stuff that you would bring into a dungeon, but you don't really need it, but it might be nice to have. Right. And- it's not that we didn't have better things to talk about. It's that we wanted to do this we because just, it I, amused us. Let's, 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 be let's be honest. We love making stupid magic items. That's, that's fair. I, I personally love making stupid magic items. Matt does too. These are You're going to get a kick out of these. Obviously, D&D flavor, but they can be for any game. We didn't write any uh, mechanics behind most of these. No. Nope. I think one had a spell, but you can change it to whatever spell you want. So... We're going to give these to you for free. Use them in your game, please. Tell us if you did, by the way. Sure. Because We'd love to hear it. I, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens when you use these in your game to freak your players out. But before we get to that... We've got a question of the week. All right. So That's why it's called question of the week. It's true. What do we got, man? All right. Since we're doing dungeon non-essentials, let's talk about a dungeon essential. Okay. If you could have... Now, before we get to that, what would you consider to be an essential dungeon item? So, like, you've seen my list. Water is one, I would say. Sure. Rations. Yeah. And, and so things that you would bring into a dungeon that are just, you know, like, of essential nature. Right. Got to have it or you're going to die. Right. Oh, Got okay. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you meant, like, what is my list of essentials? I was like, well, that's Sleeping gonna... bag, a room at the uh, <laughs> to the Hotel Six. You know, that's... I mean, that's a dungeon essential. I, it did well. It means you've... You've got a room in your own dungeon. That's dead. Well, very good. That's very true. And if you guys didn't get that joke, don't worry. We'll we'll explain it to you later. Go ahead. All right. If you could have one item that just didn't run out. Anything at all. It's got to be a mundane item. Okay. But any mundane item that you couldn't run out of while you were in your dungeon, what would you want to have? I would say, hmm, if we're going to do something essential. Mm-hmm got to be mundane i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna choose something just a standard dungeon standard rope okay i want a never-ending like ball of rope sure silk rope because if that you, way it could be for the dungeon or for the dungeon that's what i'm saying could, yeah. you know so you could either be you could go styling but either way you get where you need to go right and you could be spider-man sure you never you, just endless amount of rope think about it I don't care how deep that thing is. Goes yep. to the coast of Middle Earth, no problem. Yeah. Bottomless pit, bottomless rope. Totally. How you like me now? Yeah. You never have to say you don't have enough rope. And of course, the movie Boondock Saints. Sure. Little Charlie Bronson with yeah. their with their effing rope there. <laughs> so that's that would be my personal item that's essential to me. What about you? So I actually I have a magic item that kind of alludes to this thought later, but mine would actually be chalk. Just straight up chalk? Just straight up chalk. You can do a lot with chalk. You can you can draw. 
Yes. <laughs> and, and I guess if you have a stomach ache, you can eat some of it. It's true. Don't eat chalk, by the way. There's better things to eat, but you can. You can, yeah. But you can make maps with it. True. You can, like, literally any... You can blow it in people's faces and... That's 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can, can use it to find invisible people. Yeah, if your palms are sweaty and you're uh, you meet a couple of orcs playing pool, you can be a pool shark. You know, get your. It's good for mountain climbing. That, oh, that's also true. Yes, you can mountain climb get better your grip with it. On. Yeah, yeah, get that grip on. Or if you get into a gymnastics competition while you're in the dungeon, I don't know. They sure. always they always chalk their hands too. Have you ever been in a dungeon that happened to have a gymnastics competition going on as well? Write to us, info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, eric at goblinscorner.com, or me, matt, at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you may find us on all of the things. I'm going to put an acrobatics competition in a city somewhere. Instead of, right, people always do fighting rings. An acrobatics? I'm huh? gonna, yeah, there's going to sure. be a gymnastics should be competition in a dungeon, from too. Now. I want to see a bunch of goblins doing acrobatics. Sure. That. Feats yeah. of strength with orcs, guys. You've got a new... It's the Underdark Olympic Games. Holy shit, we've come up with something new. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Make the t-shirts, send us one. There you go. All right, let's get to the Dungeoneering non-essentials. All right, well, first, why are we doing Dungeoneering non-essentials? That's, that's a great question, and I'm sure everyone's like, yeah, why non-essentials? What do you mean by non-essentials? First off, we're talking items that provide mwah, just a little bit of flavor. Right. And we love flavor. I think we've probably made that known by now, but we we like to add nuance to our world. If this is your first time listening or watching our podcast, you will note that we're very big on thematics and storyline. Why? Because nobody else is. And and it's something that is important for your game. If you know, anybody can teach you rules, we're trying to teach you how to run a game that gives you more flavor. And so flavor is definitely something that is considered to be essential in a non-essential. Yes. Now, what else we got? Well, the second part of flavor is variety. Sure. It's the spice of life. And magic items in many games, doesn't matter which one, it could be D&D, it could be other games as well. We won't, as you can see, on the many books on the bookshelf, there are many different flavors and varieties of games. They tend to be fairly standard. Now, if you're like, most people who play or run games, you will go out and buy all of the delightful third-party accessories that people wonderfully create. And let me tell you something. Big ups on everybody who is a third-party creator. Yeah, I want to show you mad you. love. Yeah. Mad love. However, not everybody knows about that, and that's a damn shame. But that's true. But also, not everybody's got the wallet for it. That's also true. Very true. Especially, you know, some of the younger people starting out. Or... Maybe they have the wallet, but maybe they want to try making their own. Right. And so we are showing you guys how to make some non-essentials. Maybe you're a, you want to make some third-party stuff. Sure. Here's some examples of how you can do that. So variety is a good thing to have. Also, this is a wonderful way to introduce new PCs or new NPCs for that matter. So if you've got characters that want to come into the game, crazy new magic item is a great way to introduce them yeah they I'm, pop out of a magic hat bam or you know they're if they're a magic user let them create a magic item mm -hmm. especially if they're not starting at first level let them create a magic item and uh that 
magic item is the introduction before the party actually runs into the character. I think that's a delightful thing. NPCs are great for this as well. It gives, again, gives a little bit of flavor to standard NPCs that you may have created through generators or just made up on your own. Yeah. It's something that is very simple to come up with that gives a lot of depth to story and character. Speaking of story. Story hooks. Yes. I mean, it's attached to the above, right? So maybe the NPCs who make these curious magic items need help from the PCs. Maybe they're an employer that wants them to get stuff for them or to field test new toys. Mm -hmm. So that's a great way to just, uh, you know, make some, make a, an NPC as both a plot hook and a, a, uh, employer it's also very possible that you could assign some sort of rarity to the items and it might be a quest for the players to go seek out maybe they broke the original one <laughs> or maybe they maybe they saw someone else have it and they're like i gotta have that yes how'd I you get need... that well i would have to go kingdom over to get that thing and it's in them this dragon selling it at discount <laughs> oh really oh, i better get there so think about that discount yeah quote unquote this never <laughs> at a discount with the dragon guys Obviously, comedy is something that a non-essential should be. Sorry, you you set off the shadow run line in my head. You know, I would never deal with a dragon. Conserve your MMO and never cut a deal with a dragon. Look, he's got all yeah. kinds of merchandise at bargain basement <laughs> prices. Chummer. <laughs> all right, going back to what I said, comedy. Uh, obviously, yeah. Again, if you haven't listened to this show or watched it, we're all about the chuckles. Yeah, have a good time. Have a good time. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And even if you're playing a serious campaign, moments of levity are necessity because if everything's serious all the time, nothing is ever serious. Mm -hmm. I agree with all of that. And finally, a little bit of realism, and I use that in air quotes here, realism, because if it goes on the if that is true, what else is true? Sure. If you are in a, we're doing magic items, obviously. If you're in a world where magic exists, there is going to be someone who has just a random amount of objects running around. Like, just running around. Let's be honest. If you and I lived in a world where we could make magic items, we're making ludicrous shit. We're going to be the Weasley Brothers, man. 100%. <laughs> we're just not going to make candy. We're going to... We might make candy. We're also. Just, also. Yes. Yeah. It's... We're going to be the Walmart of, of magic items. <laughs> Welcome to Magic Mart. <laughs> I, I, am your, uh, I am the co-owner and CEO, Eric. Walmart. We're going to be the party. <laughs> the party, party city. city. <laughs> sure. Magic items. A little, little, little hot topic thrown in there as sure. well. Why yeah. not? You know, get, a little, get a little action on with that. It, it, it'd be definitely some fire sales going on as well. Literally some fire sales. You want to buy some fire? It just comes in a can. And look... This is some ointment that looks like a gelatinous cube. It gets all of the dirt off your body. It does. It gets a lot of the body off your body if you're not careful. Well, that's another one. See? You guys can use that too. All right. So let's actually get to the magic items. So we have a list of, what is it? 10, like 12? 10, 12. Something. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I lost count. We came up with a bunch of them. We literally wrote some of them 10 minutes ago. 
couple, couple of them. Because that's how it goes here. You tell us which ones we wrote 10 minutes ago. Ah, yes. Some which of one? these were written a week ago, and some of these are very, very fresh. Tell us which ones are the last minute ones. Yeah. Uh, you can yeah, write to us on that one. I, I can't wait to see what people come up with. So you've got the first one here. Uh, I love this because I wrote one similar. We'll get to that later. As we tend to do. Eh, you know, like last week. It happens. It happens. But I love... So tell me about Professor Bogwater's spider botherer. So what you do is you douse a target, right? You throw the bottle like a grenade. Mm-hmm. You douse a target for... Uh, what is it? What is it? Is it like a bottle of something? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And any spider in the vicinity will attack the dar- doused target instead of you. Mm. It works on most giant spiders. It may not work well on very intelligent spiders, and it occasionally works on some non-spider creatures, such as scorpions and other arachnids. That's up. That's up to your the person running the game. Let's be you. honest here. You're playing a game. There's not that many intelligent spiders that you're going to be facing, although there could be a couple. There are a few. That's the reason I specified. Which ones? Well, if Loth pops up in her demon web form. Right. There, okay. So right. I don't want anybody to try and like just absolutely get asinine with this. It is it is for monster spiders primarily. Gotcha. Okay. So this is a good non-essential to have. Yeah. Got, you, you if got, you're in a dungeon, got there's spiders. a good chance there's going to be some spiders. Come up against an arachnomancer, maybe? Yeah. Or if there's a giant spider and a bunch of medium spiders, you douse the giant spider. And then all the medium spiders oh, have to attack, attack the giant spider. Hey, that's using your noggin there, yeah, buddy. I love that. Tactics action there. Yeah. You're welcome on that, guys. <laughs> I didn't think about that. So that's cool. All right. So it's just something just like a grenade-like weapon you throw. Very easy. Could be made with an alchemist kit, maybe. Sure. I mean, while we say it's a custom magic item, but this could easily be some kind of alchemist pheromone type yeah. of thing. So you could use it in a Pathfinder game. You could use it in a D&D game. Yeah. You could use yeah. it in Shadowrun Shadowrun, yeah. yeah some, some crazy scientist created this. So we can adapt some of these uh, for fun and profit. Sure. What do you got next? Uh, the, the Scroll of Distraction. Yeah, so this is a minor magic item, I would say. And I have a description with it. It's an eight and a half inch scroll with minute perforations in multiple angles, as well as a handy picture instruction in Draconic. It's a scroll, little, yeah. you know, areas to fold. Following the instructions allow the user to fold it like a paper airplane or a paper bird or a swan or a flump or, you know, whatever's appropriate. To the setting or the just setting, in general. Or just, yeah. honestly, I want to see someone fold a paper flump. Sure. So anything that flies, basically. If you're really good at organ, uh, origami, we want to see a paper flump. A paper, oh, yeah. Happen. Show us a paper flump. That'd be awesome. Once the scroll of distraction is folded, the user can toss the paper airplane where it flies up to 60 feet, which is actually better than most, screaming the entire way. So basically, you fold this thing up. You need a distraction, right? You fold yeah. it up. There's a monster around the corner. You toss it. It just... Rah! As it flies, the scream can be heard up to 300 feet away and is blood-curdling. And that's it. Once it lands, it's done. So imagine you pull out a piece of paper, scroll, you fold it up, toss it, it just starts screaming, and the denizens in the dungeon are freaking out. What the hell is that? Og and Cog grab their axe, and the orcs stomp off after it because they can't believe what that is. 
They start attacking it. You sneak by. You know what I would do? I would save this for a non-dungeon. I would save this for breaking into a castle. Mm-hmm. And I would sneak up on the castle. I'd fold it up. And I'd throw it down over the outside wall. So it sounded like somebody fell off the top of oh. the castle. And they'd have to go investigate. That's, that's smart. I like that. That's great. So there you go. Sc- a scroll of distraction. Very easy. Very yeah. simple. I think I came up with this in a few minutes. Uh, you have... This is definitely a non-essential, but you know what? This is 100% flavor. Yeah. And I mean that in more <laughs> ways than one. So tell us about your next magic item. This is Brocephus's Icker Licker. Brocephus? Yes. I like that. This is a powder. Mm-hmm. It can be added to any container that contains Icker from a creature. Okay. Right? The powder then transforms it into booze. And the type of booze and the flavor of booze is dependent on the creature. So let me get this straight. You roll into a dungeon, there's a beholder. You slay the beholder. It's bleeding everywhere because beholders are large creatures. Sure. They're big balls of flesh. Yeah. And it, you know, you stab it in the, uh, in the central eye. You ever bit your tongue really hard? They bleed. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The tongue, they got giant tongues. So it's just nothing but blood everywhere. And you scoop some of this up because you're like, Man, I want to drink after this. I just killed a beholder. I deserve it. You know, it's Miller time. So you you scoop up the ichor and it turns it into booze. Yes. That's genius. Yeah. I mean, right. so, sometimes you're just like, you know what? I've seen some terrible things today. <sighs> but I can forget them if I drink enough. You know what would be amazing is a bunch of alcoholic wizards. Sure. That have the Brocephus Icker Liquor bar. bar. Yes. Yes. And they just run through the dungeon killing random monsters for different beer flavors or liquor flavors. Yeah. And then they reverse engineer them after the fact. To try and figure out how to make something that tastes like that? Or they have developed a spell to duplicate whatever liquor that is in that. Transmute liquid. It used to be a spell. It's true. It did used to be a spell. It was a great spell. It was. But yeah, that was, I actually came up with that. I was like, what would I do with this? I'd open a bar. Let's be honest. That's exactly what I would do with it. Okay. But this gives a chance for both you as a player or you as a DM to have a lot of fun. Because as a DM, I might ask you, so this is Minotaur. What does Minotaur booze taste like? Mm Mm-hmm. Or this could be just a chance for the players to put their DM on the spot and be like, man, what's something really freaking weird? (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, I am pretty sure that flumps are cotton candy vodka. Yeah. But but are you going to bleed out of flump? I'm not. No, you're going to hell if you bleed out of poor, poor little guy. We like flumps. I'm not. I'm just glad they finally made it I bet it they're delicious, though. <laughs> I'm just, look, I'm just saying, you're going to hell if you kill a flump, but if you do kill the flump, I bet it's delicious. It's going to taste like mama's homemade spaghetti. Like mushrooms and cotton candy. I don't, I don't know, know, if know about a, that combination, I don't know about man. that combination. Look, I'm just saying things at this point. All right, let's get to the next magic item here. So, All right. This one's, uh, this one's from you. It's a depth rock. Yeah, this is kind of... All right, so part of this is me being an asshole. Okay. 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna straight up say I've met you. It's fine. Some magic items, <laughs> much like many of the custom spells I create, might have a potential detriment. Let's see if you can figure it out. This smooth, almost frictionless rock is undecorated with the exception of a central area displaying a numeric depth for your mine shaft. Upon throwing the rock, the depth rock activates and accurately records the distance it falls until it comes to rest, presumably at the bottom of a chasm. Mm -hmm. The frictionless nature of the rock allows it to clear any particular obstructions on its way to the bottom of the chasm, and the glowing numbers on its central face allow for easy reading for whomever braves the depths to retrieve the rock. <laughs> so, so see what happened was so, so you can't actually use it <laughs> i mean you can use it but you can't tie a rope to it but because can, it's fr it's it's almost frictionless but you can put it in a net oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm silently clapping because I don't want to blow out the uh, oh, the mic. Yeah, I'm golf clapping for him. Well done. Well done. See, this man is a problem solver. <laughs> In fact, yeah, I'm. I, I might be the world builder. This is the world breaker standing next to me. Okay, cool. So yeah, so it's it's kind of an asshole thing, but you've already solved it. Thank you very much. Sorry. And you you can edit it out later. You can also use it for other things too. So. Maybe you're a stonemason, and you need to accurately figure out how tall this uh, this wall is. You climb up to the top of the wall and drop it. Yeah. There you go. Hits the bottom. Uh, it's it's 45.7 feet. We promised precisely 100 feet. This needs to be precisely 100 feet. Yep. So it can be useful as well. You have an interesting one. It's uh, Auntie Theodora's Toolbox. Yeah. And uh, I, I love everything this is about. <laughs> It's an empty toolbox mm -hmm. that can create any kind of toolkit for half the price. Okay. So you feed it money? Yes. Okay. Or gems. Okay. It's not picky. Just something of value. <laughs> yes. However, the kit lasts only eight hours mm -hmm. and is obviously conjured, making it difficult to sell. So you can't just make half price thieves the, and then sell the half sell price them. thieves right. guilt for full price gotcha so it's it's not a money machine right it does however save a great deal of space and weight for people who are attempting to travel light so those of you who use encumbrance rules or some type of weight rules yeah this would be very useful or, or if you just use the common sense rule right mm -hmm. like if you have a bard that has multiple performances they have to keep all of those instruments. Sure. But they also have multiple kit uses also. Okay, at some point in time, we don't really play with encumbrance, but we do play with common sense. Yeah, they, we use the, okay, this is ridiculous rule. <laughs> right. This is not EverQuest. There's not a thousand bags which mysteriously hold so much crap, unless you've got a bag of holding. Very true. In, in which case, there is, in fact, a bag that does that. Yeah. But this just prevents you from having to carry a whole bunch of stuff, or it gives you tools that you don't actually normally need, right? If you're not a stonemason, you're not going to carry around stonemason's tools. And there's a lot of other tools that you could also, I would allow for this. So 
gambling set. Sure. I would I would honestly allow any tool. Yeah. And I would allow last, musical instruments. Last it only lasts what, eight hours? Eight hours. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would I would say two things. First, it needs to have teeth as and it has to like noisily chew the money that you give it. Okay. Sure. I, I just I just think that would be hilarious from I'm a, okay with that. And then uh secondly when you say obviously magically created, it should be gaudy, like ridiculously. I think the DM should be encouraged to maybe each time it's a different style or something like that. Something fun kind of flavor-wise for that. Sure. Like it's teenage bedazzled, glows slightly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got like a Glamour Shots look for the uh, for the toolkit. <laughs> sure. So that's, that's lots of fun. And, and again, useful. Again, dealing with weight. Yeah. Potentially can create any type of tool or toolkit. I think that's also really cool. And it's an empty toolbox. Yep. So, so you can store stuff in it, potentially, yep. unless it eats it. If you, you do not store money in it. No. <laughs> that's a terrible I, you idea. You do just for a few seconds. <laughs> yes. And if you don't specify me as a GM, if you're not thinking about it and you just shove the money in there, mm-hmm. it's just going to start spitting out tools. But yeah, it's just going to keep spitting out random tools. And depending on how much money you put in there, unthinkingly, it's going to be spitting out a lot of tools. Sounds great. So uh, up next, what you got for me? We have uh, a similar type of Icker-based ointment type thing that you came up with in in the beginning. Now you had the spider... uh, Spider botherer. Spider botherer. I have rust monster bait. Okay. This is a metallic-looking goo, which contains concentrated pheromones from male and female rust monsters in heat, which, if you're curious, I gave a brief description. Smells like someone masturbated with an iron pipe. Okay. Upon applying, and I wouldn't, I would not recommend the adventurers apply it to themselves, but upon applying it to either a surface or another creature, it attracts all rust monsters within a 10-mile radius over the course of one hour. The rust monsters are frenzied and horny upon arrival. Now, this has the potential to be fucking awesome. <laughs> we've got this stone, we've got this iron door, we've got to get through. The drow are, are they've, they've walled themselves in, we're in for a long siege. Don't worry, I've got the, I've got the solution. I've got the answer. Everybody back up and put all of your metallic weapons in your backpacks. And just apply that, all of a sudden this, this, just stampede of horny rust monster shit. Dum 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 dum. And they just wreck that thing. Oh yeah. It and you know whatever is behind the door. If they've got a whole bunch of metal and aren't expecting an army mm-hmm. of rust monsters, it's a bad day. Now, if you are a rogue and you're fighting an iron golem and you are an especially sneaky rogue, you just say, guys, I got this. You yeah. go up, dab, 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 take off. You guys just give it an hour. We're just going to we're just gonna hang out. We're just going to hang out, guys. It'll be fine. Don't worry. We'll get past this and everything else. Hey, Mage, I want you to be ready to put up Leoman's hut. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you just go slather it on the iron golem, dive in the hut, and just call it a day. All right, so we've got more wonderful dungeon non-essentials, but we'll be right back after these messages. Bum, bum. 
This is a commercial break. If you guys would like to hear us review something like a product or service, or if you'd like us to cover something like a topic, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, we'd love to hear from you and have you contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. So write to us and maybe we'll talk to you. Maybe not. And we're back. Welcome back. All right. So we've been talking about magic items, custom magic items, part two. Yes. Dungeon, Dungeon non-essentials. Non-essentials. Yeah. Yeah. Do that in the gravelly voice. Dungeon. Oh. Dungeon non-essentials. Oh, very nice. Should introduce movies. And we've got six more for I'm, you. I'm willing to take that job if somebody me, will let me, me. Me too. Tonight for one night only. Okay. Uh, so let's get to uh, a couple of extra dungeon non-essential magic items that you've come up with. Uh, I love this one. This was, uh, this is actually a magic item, but it's an accompaniment to an existing magic item. Correct. Okay. So tell me what you got. So Nolzer, Mm -hmm. he is, or she, I don't, I don't think they ever get into it. They don't. Okay. They are well known for their marvelous pigments. It's true. You can make all kinds of wonderful things with them. Yes. However, what I think they need is a paintbrush. So I've invented Nolzer's marvelous paintbrush. Wonderful. When the command word is spoken, which is often Eureka or inspiration, a color is then named and pictured in the mind of the brush holder. Everyone, don't think pink. <laughs> now everyone that's listening is thinking pink. Right. I'm probably true for most people. That's, yeah. The brush continues to provide paint in that color until the activation word is spoken again and a new color is specified, or the painter sets the brush down, which then turns off the, the paint flow. So it's, it really just makes paint? Yes. It's a paintbrush that makes paint? Yes. That can have a lot of fun uses. Sure. It's not super powered. No. I could see that in a dungeon. Better than chalk. It's better than chalk, because it comes in every color. Sure. That's, got, that's very neat. And if you're a cheatery bastard, dark vision paint, sure, that's absolutely. what I was. Yeah, yeah, I know where your head's at. I yeah. saw, I saw the that you started to furrow your brow, and you're like, I'm going to say something that's really going to blow people's brains. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. There's a lot of uses for that as well with just role playing opportunities too. Sure, especially if you've got a character that can paint then your whole world just got so much easier. Mm-hmm. Now you can paint anything in any color. Now we should follow that up with Nolzir's paint thinner. Sure. It's like, it's like what is it, universal solvent? Yeah, but only for paint. But only for, well, it could be for whatever you want. Maybe it dissolves illusions. Or conjured creatures, that'd be kind of cool. Sure, just deconjures them. Yeah, something to think about. Put it in a little spritz bottle. Somebody summons a Hellcat. Bad kitty. Psst, psst. There you go. Now it's gone. All right. Tell me, tell me what you got next. As I've mentioned, I've been divinely inspired. I've come up with a magic item. This is, this is I'd say, medium-powered on this one. But it, it, there's accompaniments to it as well. It it's, is, it's medium-powered if you get the regalia. It is ridiculously fun. <laughs> I call this the Mask of Steve. Okay. Now, those of you who understand a hat of disguise may notice that this is very similar, but this is a bit different. 
This is created by the renowned transmuter Steve the Unrememberable. Yeah, that's right. Figure that one out. He's renowned. But he's unrememberable. Okay. It is a thin leather mask which magically fits to the contours of the wearer's face. You stick it on it. That's convenient. Yeah, that's magic, right? Sure. Upon activation, the wearer's face physically transforms into a particular species, particularly the one the individual is currently surrounded by. So whatever they're most surrounded with, be it a lithids, a whole host of halflings, orcs, or you know, a group of ducks. Sure. Yeah. That's what his face tra- his or her face transforms into. Straight up. Okay. And it physically transforms. So this is transmutation. This is not, that's right. Not illusion. This okay. is not illusion. This is physical right. transformation. Hence the renowned transmuter. See, I already forgot that part. Well, he's very unrememberable. <laughs> Indeed. It is only the face which transforms, though. So you're kind of out of, you're kind of shit out of luck otherwise. So you're just a dude with a duck face walking <laughs> if, around? If you happen to be in a group of ducks, then yes. Additionally, though, a secondary enchantment provides the wearer of the Mask of Steve to appear to be as unremarkable a member of the species as possible. So you're just that guy. Or rando that, duck. You're just rando person. You become, what is it, the term, like the gray man? Yeah. You just, just a face that everybody immediately forgets. So great role-playing opportunities, potential strategic opportunities as well, particularly for like a spy. Yeah. What is the, uh, there's actually a stat for that in Mage. Is it, is it Arcana? It's the one that makes you forgettable. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. So the mask of, as the mask of Steve physically transforms the features of the wearer, and of course, you know, it's got that bonus enchantment, it stands up to most typical inspections because you can touch and feel it and stuff like that, which sure. can't do with illusions. Like you get, a, you get a chance to maybe figure out that that's an illusion. This is a physical change. Uh, depending upon how different the rest of the wearer's body is to, you know, the creature you're, you're changing into. Obviously, if you're an illithid and you come up and look at the illithid's face... And then the rest of the body is human. The list is going to be like, well, there might be something here that's a little yeah. suspect. I'm going to need to eat that thing's brain to make sure. Yeah, we better we better taste we better taste test for that. <laughs> Along with a crafty disguise, though, for the body, an additional bonus may be appropriate depending upon the social situation you're trying to infiltrate. Yeah, I can see that. Now, the mask of Steve is not the only magical creation that exists. Other magical objects of Steve include the breastplate of Steve, the leggings of Steve the gauntlets of Steve, and the codpiece of Steve. All right. And some people purchase just the codpiece of Steve. I'm certain of it. Okay. So <laughs> That's how half-dragons happen. There you go. See? You ever wonder how, how they make baby half-dragons? Now you know. Let's face it. A good 73% of warlocks have the codpiece. Of Steve? Yes. Yeah, and most bards. Yep. All bards? <laughs> Does it just no. come when you get your you get your loot and your cod piece of Steve? You graduate Bardic College and <laughs> they hand you a diploma, a loot, and a cod piece. There you go. It's magically will change your genitals into whatever you're nearby. Okay, so you've got another magic item as well. It is uh Hamblish's Paisley Hammock for six. Indeed. Tell me of this. Well, you know, Hamblish the Paisley. He's a renowned party party mage. It's true. We we mentioned 
ambush the Paisley Mage before, in fact. Yes. He's uh, he's in the custom spell. That's right. He came up with, what is it, the Paisley Bowl? Yeah. He created these surprisingly light and large hammocks, ostensibly for safety while traveling, as the pattern confuses and upsets most low-intelligence creatures, sending even fierce predators packing. However, mm-hmm. they saw far more use at his estate as tryst-friendly furniture. Okay. It is a hammock built for six. Ah. So an orgy hammock. I'm, I mean, if you call six people With an orgy. With crazy patterns. <laughs> sure. All right. Because it keeps, it keeps things from interrupting. Oh, I get it. Dog's never going to jump in the hammock. Nope. Makes him go crazy. Yep. Potentially useful for dungeoneering. Yes. Because. And really close adventuring parties. Very close. Very Indeed. close. I love that. Adventuring parties of soon. Right. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I mean. Charest. Yeah, there's a couple. You brings know. a whole new meaning to adventuring. <laughs> Indeed. And potentially dungeoneering. <laughs> Fair. You know, oh. and uh, if you bring the cod piece of Steve with you. There you go. You See, can, you can make sure it always works out. We've got it. We've got a whole set of just ridiculous items here for. Completely unintentionally. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yep. All right, let's let's move on here. All right, this one's all you, man. All right, so I have what are called the Ghost Peppers of Poison Resistance. Mm. I would almost say poison immunity, but... Kind of, yeah. But we'll see why. So they are ghost peppers. Mm-hmm. These are delicate, spicy peppers, which are open at both ends to allow the passage of air into and out of the ghost peppers. Okay, so like a... They're hollow. Yeah, like a ghost pepper flute. Sort of. Tiny little... They're tiny little ghost peppers. Yeah. Like a little airflow on either side. Sticking the ghost peppers of poison resistance into the wearer's nostrils gives the wearer complete immunity to inhaled poisons at the modest cost of one point of fire damage per round. Because they're ghost peppers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you notice I love magic items with slight detriment? I'm aware. These ghost peppers last for about eight hours of use, and that could be off and on or the whole time and provide a secondary side effect of rendering the user incapable of smelling for the duration of their use. Cause you've got oh, yeah. ghost peppers burning your nostrils. In your Absolutely. Mouth. Additionally, the wearer may violently eject the ghost peppers of poison resistance out of their nostrils by blowing out, sure. causing the peppers to ignite and simulating the effects and damage of say a burning hand spell or fireball, or whatever game you happen to be playing but sure let's just say burning hands for yeah. D. any some fire effect that your dm agrees to so you snort out they catch yeah. fire they just they just make a flamethrower the peppers are consumed in this ejection as are any nose hairs of the wearer i mean clearly because you just blew them out yeah so, so lots of flavor absolutely <laughs> ridiculous hey yeah. pun intended yeah. They are of benefit. Now, think about this in a combat. First off, halflings are going to use these. I totally see the halfling thief with ghost peppers of, of poison. You can see it, can't you? He's got his hair just kind of poked up like this. and I mean, it wasn't he before up, he stuck him in his nose, but it is now. He rolls up on a green dragon. The green dragon just just start, gets, gets ready to breathe, breathe that chlorine gas, right? He just shoves them up his nostrils. 
<laughs> flips him off. His nose turns bright red. He starts sweating, taking a point of fire damage, and he just walks in the in the poisonous fog like, Psh, this ain't shit. And what? What you got? And then Nothing. he then he ejects them out of his nostrils and and burns the tip of the of the <laughs> dragon's nose. Sure, <laughs> that's a badass halfling right there. It's true. That's gonna be my halfling. Probably should have kept him in for the rest of the fight. I, uh, you know, look, it's a halfling, <laughs> man. What do you expect? All right, let's move on here. You've got a uh, wonderful. <laughs> this is just, this is ridiculous. Uh huh. So I want you to explain this magical item. All right. This is Arcanist Mungbean's Creature Cataloger. So what you have is this homunculus. Okay. Right? It's got a multi-tool in one hand, and it's got a pen with a pad that sits underneath it for the other hand. Okay. Whenever you kill a creature, whenever you kill a creature, okay, it then dissects it, tears it apart, and tells you the most efficient way to kill the creature. That's potentially useful and useless at the same time. Now, I think this is wonderful, A, because not very many mechanical benefits to this, although I would say it might provide a bonus on the next time you kill something. Sure. So, Party of Adventures rolls in. They encounter X monster, right? Let's just say, uh, I don't know, give me something. Ogre. Sure. An ogre. They encounter an ogre. Ogre's raging, jumps in. The party managed to slay it. They beat it to death or what have you. Yeah. They're standing over the corpse. The paladin's healing everybody and looking very pristine in his armor. Sure. Because he hasn't started to sink into the mire yet of the swamp. Well, or he's got the spell up. He's talked to Ludwig and... Uh, oh, he's got Lud- he Ludwig's good. luxurious locks? No, no, that's just for the hair. The Ludwig's impeccable... <laughs> Impeccability. Impeccability? Yes. Of course he does. Because it's a pally. It's a Like, pal- I feel like that's... He doesn't want to walk around cleaning his armor. I mean, he's got to have it pristine. Exactly. He's got to look good. Got to look good. So they're standing around on this dead corpse, and this homunculus pops out, starts dissecting everything, sketching out, and says, wait, you guys did a right terrible job of this. Here's how you're supposed to kill this thing. And everybody takes notes. Yes. Can't you tell by where the spleen is that you missed it with every stab? What are you, your adventurers? The homunculus has to be an asshole. Yeah. It, it, it just right. has to be. It has to sound like an asshole professor. It's going to like draw pictures of every sword cut and how you missed just completely illogically. You managed to miss every major organ each time. Yep. It sketches everything out and then it, it marks everything up afterwards in red ink. <laughs> I was just thinking it grades it. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely should grade it. And the highest praise you can ever receive is it said, nice marks. Like you actually killed something appropriately. Right. And that's when you roll the natural 20. Sure. I love this. This is a great flavor item. Potential bonus, not a very big one. Doesn't break the game at all. Yeah. But what a great, honestly, a great NPC magic item for this too. What I would do is for any creature that doesn't have uh, weaknesses or vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. then I would say, like, take the ogre, for example, right? Just an ogre. Yeah. So it doesn't have weaknesses, doesn't have vulnerabilities. Basically, he should be like, well, you should have tried to control his mind, you know, attack his wisdom or intelligence. You've got a wizard and you didn't use this? Right. 
Or and then it's going to sound like our friend Jim yes. the whole time. Yeah. What you should have done is the following. We love you, Jim. It's true. <laughs> but or it gives for any completely mundane type critter, it just gives you a plus one point of damage in the next encounter. Yeah. Each each person, anytime they hit it with something, they get an extra point of damage. What a great magic item for someone who maybe plays a scholar yeah. or an assassin. Maybe maybe a new assassin. Think about it. Yeah, they, they, their they uncle, the artificer, made it for them. They, they, not everybody starts off as a badass, right? Yeah. You gotta you gotta learn how to kill things. Yeah, you start off maybe just being able to kill small things, and you've got this this little homunculus that trudges along and teaches you how to kill things better. Yeah, not everybody can be Artemis and Trey, guys. You gotta start off as little Art, little Artie, Artie, yeah, little Artie, just... little Artie Inti, Artie Inti. So awesome. We got one more magic item. This one's yours. And uh, this one is called the Dwarven Auto Pick. Okay. Crafted long ago by skilled Dwarven Arcanists, and I would also say alcoholics, the Dwarven Auto Pick appears as a large mining pick, complete with a sturdy set of metal legs, shaped like dwarf legs, basically. Mm -hmm. And the body is a large keg. Sure. So, pick, keg, legs. Right. It is an auto pick. Sure. Several gears on the back of the keg will adjust the pitch, direction, and length for the mining device. Okay. The keg itself can hold up to 10 gallons of liquid, specifically beer or liquor. Sure. Of a, or we'll say ale as well. Yeah. Which it uses to fuel the power of the mining pick. Makes sense. So it's a booze-fueled mining pick. Of course dwarves would come up with this. Think elves are going to come up with something like that? No. <laughs> A dwarven auto pick can dig a five foot cube of stone every eight hours, every shift. So it's a five foot by five foot by five foot cube. Okay. Through stone. Yeah. And if you're interested, that's slightly less than what a, ser a series of dwarves or a dwarf can do in, I think, second edition had rules for stuff like that. I don't know. You can adjust, you can adjust that as you feel to your game. So the way I would adjust it is the proof of the liquor determines the amount of work done. It's funny you should mention the liquor because depending upon the type of spirit you enter into the Dwarfen auto pick mm -hmm. may determine if some shenanigans happen. Sh shenanigans. Yes. Let us continue. Right now, the Dwarven auto pick, as I mentioned, can dig a five-foot cube every eight hours, so every shift, sure. and it consumes beer at a rate of one gallon per hour. So 10 gallons, you're left with two gallons at the end of the evening per shift. Sure. So far, so good? Yeah. However, you mentioned spirits. The auto pick can be fueled with dwarven spirits or something stronger if you, if you like, but there is a 10% chance every time you do that for the pick to either go berserk, start attacking people, explode, Maybe start tapping a Mary Dwarven tune with the pick or something equally ridiculous. And I would advise storytellers to go as crazy as you feel like it. Sure. Mad madness and shenanigans ensue. Now, I like where you're going with it should run faster according to higher proof. Right. We can even, if you wish to adjust this, the higher the proof, the more of the chance it to go mad. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Maybe half it. So 
80 proof, 40% chance that it goes completely crazy. 120 proof, it's a 60% chance it goes completely crazy. Yeah. I mean, that makes Half sense. Half of the proof, right? Yep. So basically, it's percentage. Yeah. I think this would be delightful. And and think about it, because it's just basically a beer keg with legs and a pick. Right. So it's just mining along. You know, it's just chugging on beer. It's done a couple hours in. You're like, man, this needs to go faster. <laughs> what about the ramifications? Don't tell me about the ramifications. <laughs> I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. They pour in some dwarven ale, and the damn thing just goes crazy. Starts killing everybody. Never tell me the odds. Yeah. Glug, glug, glug. It's, it's dancing a cheery, cheery, cheery little jig the whole time. While murdering. While murdering everybody. I'm. I'm with that. I think that's a. I think that's the way to do it. So basically, we start off at, let's say, anything up to ten percent mm-hmm. is a zero percent chance. Yep. Right, because beer is usually under ten percent. Usually. And then anything over that, you just get in your alcohol. Your alcohol percentage equals your shenanigans percentage i like that so i think that's fair i think you give it something really strong it becomes alive self-aware it 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 goes off and does what other intelligent constructs do whatever it wants that's right so there you have it 12 magic items dungeoneering non-essentials for your campaign was there something that you enjoyed write to us info at goblinscorner.com or you may reach me Eric at goblinscorner.com or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. We're on all of the things. We have a Twitter, mm-hmm. a Facebook, mm-hmm. Pinterest, mm-hmm. a YouTube, mm-hmm. a Twitch. Mm-hmm. And on all of those things, we're Goblins Corner. That's right. And then we have Instagram, wherein we are the Goblins Corner. And depending upon how the mighty algorithm depicts us, we might move to something else as well in the next few months. Sure. You want to do TikTok? Let's not do TikTok. I, I think our format is probably a little long for TikTok. Should we do TikTok? Write to us. Let us know. I'll do a TikTok. I, I mean. I'll sing a sea shanty. Sure. That'd be the last TikTok we ever do. <laughs> do you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube or Twitch. Make sure you give us the whole five stars of review. We like, you know, we get warm and fuzzies. And it helps boost the show for other people to discover. That's right. So you can review us on iTunes or Podchaser and mm-hmm. probably some other places. I'm sure. YouTube. Uh, well, YouTube, definitely. But if you're going to do YouTube, you got to do the whole... Like, subscribe, hit the bell, yep. all that jazz. Comment actually helps with the algorithm as well. So if you'd like to toss a comment at us, we'd love to hear it. Sure. And of course, you may find all of this stuff on goblinscorner.com where you may listen either directly from the site, or buy some delightful merch through Petit Public. Yep. And read some uh, articles occasionally. That is true. We have articles up as well. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the mighty D20. Don't we love that guy? Sure. This is a subterranean production.